And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester at midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it to the net. Louth are in front. And here it is. Now the All-Ireland champions for the third time. Ah, another COVID Sunday and another Loud and Proud podcast to look forward to. Tonight it's Loud GA Press Box, Inside the Press Box, and... You're going to love it. I, I promise you're going to love it. It, it goes deep. Um, it goes off in tangents, but that's what happens when you airwig and then I work into the loud GA press box or journalism box. I set the scene. I, it's probably best set the scene. Uh, I'm joined by John Savage from the Drawda Independent, Mid Loud or the Argus, and Keevan Riley from the Dock Democrat. And except of being huddled for shelter in Darver or looking through the perspects of Hagerstown, that's the picture that's associated with the podcast, we're virtually having a chat, discussion, uh, a debate. At, uh, we, 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 it does get heated at times, uh, talking about the GA and the future of the GA and future of papers. We, that's, we, that's what the podcast kind of about at the start. We're going to the future of local newspapers, the state of media landscape as a whole. And then towards the end we talk about COVID and the GA and we talk the possible teams that would be the winners and losers of COVID-19. Um, John thinks, well, I w- no, I won't say it. Kevin has another thing as well. And I, I have my say on who, who's going to be best... Um, most best kind of served by the COVID that maybe to get injuries cleared up or an older squad might affect other teams and uh, maybe a year on teams will be more mature but um, yeah so hopefully overall you get an indication of how hard these boys are working how t- under these tough circumstances during these weird times coming up with ideas how they come up with ideas how they put papers together and then the fact that they're them themselves are missing an actual chunk of their jobs, like going to watch matches, hype up the games, preview the games, preview after it, and or get the reaction after it all around the county of the club games even, because after all they are fans with typewriters as well, and it's, it's, hopefully I get that that does come across. So um, right, let's go. This is inside the press box podcast on Loud and Proud. It's 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 a very special, loud and proud um, podcast. It's a press box podcast, and much to real life. John Savage is late to the party. Like he's, I know he's the old dog in this uh, trio, but he uh, he eventually got got on Skype. Kevin Riley here is here as well. 
So Kiwi from the Democrat, delighted to have you along, and John Savage from the Argos and Drawed Independent, Midland Independent. Yeah, I, 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 I just want to point out to say that John's the senior of the trio. John's probably actually old enough to be my father. <laughs> well, I'm not your father. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. <laughs> right, we better get back to the football here. I think in. Uh, I think in merely in maybe. Um, what would you say in? In football years, he might he might be a father, but uh, has it aged you, John? The um, COVID trying to do get a paper together. No, but working from home probably has <laughs> the kids here and trying to get a bit of work done at the same time, but. Uh, no, you just you just have to go with it, don't you? Do your best to get it out and do your best to get the stories. I mean, we've little to whinge about. We could be doing a job where we're, we're in the front line, you know, so you just get on with it, you know. Are you, what about you, Keeper? Are you working from home? Yeah, it's... it's um, listen, it's, it's not like the old days. We, we can all work really uh, independently from home. Um, there's so many, you know, so many various... Uh, you know, means of communication that you can stay in touch with um, guys you'd normally be in the office with. Um, I suppose the, the main downside to it, um, I'm, I'm, I suppose John would probably be able to empathise with it in the cases that there have been cuts and you've lost contributors and things. So you're probably having to work harder, even though the, the size of the papers are um, are reduced. Um, but you're having to, you know, it's it's it was very much a united effort. Um, not that it's, you know, it, it always was, but particularly now, um, resources are are stretched further. Um, because simply like, and it's probably something we'll touch on. Never mind paper sales. Like papers, you know, rely on on advertising more than anything. Um, to keep the show going, and and obviously those incomes are, um, have dried up practically. Um, which which makes it more difficult, but. I suppose in terms of you're into a routine now where you know you're you're at home, but you have all the technology that you need um, in order to get it out. And um, you know what? Sometimes it's 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 less stressful. Um, you're not stuck in traffic or and stupid like that on the way in. So um, you're into the routine of it now, and it's, it's nearly difficult to envisage come back to it office wise. Like you're saying, you're actually you're you're actually admitting on the podcast that you work hard, Kevin. I think you, you said it to start, yeah. Yeah, listen, I'll let readers, uh, you know, gauge that. <laughs> no, when, when you say work hard, right, what's the, what's the hardest, is, is the hardest part coming up with the ideas or actually getting the ideas on the paper or is it... Um... <sighs> you know, hard, it's, it's, it's more so intense. Um, like you're trying to, we'll say, maintain 14 or 16 sports pages a week, but obviously, like, if you're covering a loud match straight away, that's a that's a spread with a report and maybe a reaction piece and um, pictures from Arthur. Like that's that's a quick kill in a sense. Um, that's a very easy spread to assemble. Whereas now, when there's nothing actually live happening, um, when you're not coming up with imaginary reports or trying to organise Gales tales or, or all those little things that have had to you know been come up with since this hit, um, the longer form pieces, the actual interviews. Um, like you're what you're you're eight weeks into a, a period of where you're maybe doing four to two and a half thousand word features per week, um, and right like loud is is um, you know you might look at it in terms of success, but loud is actually a, a haven for for sports people and and I suppose 
former sports people with with good stories to tell. Um, so you've you've plenty of people, plenty of targets. But at the same time, um, getting in touch with them and, and finding them um, can be troublesome. They're they're not all we say on Facebook or, or that easily contactable. So um, generally, maybe on a Tuesday or Wednesday, you're, you're scrambling around trying to get in touch with people. And there are people who maybe don't want to do it for. Uh, you know, personal reasons or maybe a variety of reasons, and, and then you're back to square one. You might have a list written out um, that uh, of, of targets and, and people you'll go after, um, and then if one says no, you're you're trying to work on something else. Um, and, and like, it's not as if I suppose the the helpful thing, and, and John will probably be able to say it as well. It's 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 a very structured. Um, the weeks are very structured now, and that there's not really that much break, and there's no danger we'll say of. A manager losing his job, or um, say a, a, a player stepping away from a panel, or anything like that—stuff that that could have you under pressure. We'd say coming close to a deadline. Um, mm. It's 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 very much, you know, it is what you make of it at the moment in terms of how many stories you go looking for. Um, and I suppose readers are are understandable in a way too. There's nothing happening, so um, maybe expectations aren't as high um, in terms of what you're having to put in every week. Maybe maybe I'm only speaking of a from a personal point of view, John could have a totally different outlook to it. Oh it'd be would be similar. I mean you're generally one of the issues is you're generally looking back. Um there's nothing happening so you're you're generally looking back at things and the way it is nearly if you didn't get someone one week for something, it'd still be okay the next week because because there's nothing, there's no sport on, you know, there's no sport yeah. to talk about. So you're generally getting people to talk about things in the past. That's not the same in news. I mean, news at the minute, there's still stuff happening, uh, particularly coronavirus related stuff, you know. So the, the, the two different sides of the paper are, are, are a wee bit different. News is still live. It's still a current, um, whereas sport is a wee bit nostalgic at the minute, you know. Um, but people tend to like that. I mean, Keevan was talking there about things like the Gales Tales that he's doing and stuff like that. And uh, they're generally well read, and you know maybe you wouldn't want to do it forever, but um, I think I think readers kind of maybe appreciate the change in direction and the and the change of pace, you know. Yeah. Do you think they appreciate the effort, John? I don't know if they ever appreciate the effort, but I mean it, it, it's your it's your job, like so uh, it's your job to do it. So and 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 they're paying for it, so I, I don't really need them to appreciate the effort. I just like them to keep buying. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you you reckon keeping that you sales have actually increased? Yeah, some weeks, some weeks they have now. I suppose you know that was that was at the start. I know one week that um yeah there was talking about sales increasing, but I think it's it, it they've generally held firm because whoever's buying papers, you know, I think you know are probably going to continue to buy it and. Everybody needs their shopping, we'll say, on a weekly basis. And if that's part of your list, regardless of whether it's you that's actually going out to get it, um, it'll likely, you know, remain a fixture on that list. Um, so it's, from that point of view, like, probably at the start, um, you nearly go into hysteria, fear in that, um, because maybe whether it be resources are cut or you're worrying about maybe having a lack of content that, that you could lose um, you could lose out from that point of view in, in terms of, of selling papers and people might might see it the paper being worthy of, of a purchase but I don't really think that's the case like once you're putting in an honest effort and there is you're not leaving anything glaringly out or you know you're you're getting stories because 
that 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 people appreciate. Like John was mentioning about the look back there. Like there are some of the pieces. Um, like you can gauge the popularity of a piece. You, you know, you can fire it online now. Or, or I suppose I have the benefit of firing it online, and you see the the viewerships. You know, or the the reads, the views on the website coming back, and the comments and social media and things like that. So you you imagine that type of reaction if a piece is good online will 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 be the same as in a paper so you might retain your 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 readers in that sense ultimately what you know what's going to put and what has put papers the pin of their collar is is the advertising revenue as i said um like as much as um idyllically you're you're talking about paper sales being what keeps the doors open that's you know only a very minute um percentage of of it really um it's it's the advertising that's 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 the lifeblood um and when places aren't open um there's nothing really to advertise and i I suppose that's what the government had stepped in there for a number of weeks and that was their way of maybe supporting would you say a a dying industry um was was by, by giving ads and definitely they were they were a boost to um the commercial teams and papers and 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 I suppose helped helped out papers in in, in the first couple of weeks of this um what were were what eight weeks into the lockdown at this stage they're slightly drying up um albeit there are places opening and you're beginning to see ads from um from places and telling you that they're reopening golf courses and things like that um, and yeah, so we just have to see how that plays out um but you'd be fairly confident that you know there is there is a pathway to survival um Obviously, though it's it's um, the, the sooner the better, in a sense, and hopefully that the the government's you know plan or their the, the pointed plan um, can can be implemented to to, to its fullest. Um, although the future is very uncertain as to how we're going to deal with this long term. Like you, you see, like we would have always worried about with in the newspaper, like oh, is anyone reading this? Like why why would anyone read a match report or or. Why are we putting fixtures in the paper when when it can go on Twitter or, or online? Like with with Twitter, oh with sorry, with fixtures and no results in the papers now, and people are still buying them to a fair, consistent level. Do you think that they're just buying them to be entertained all along? I'll, I'll start with well, you. Not, yeah, they, well, they don't just buy papers for sport, first of all. So, um, well, you see, I'm talking to the sports readers, say the back pages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You you have to try and entertain them in other ways. Um, a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, the fixtures and fittings, uh, you know, schoolboys fixtures, GA fixtures. Generally, the first protocol for stuff like that is online now. Um, yeah. Everyone knows how to pull out, you know, pull up the loud website and and look at the current fixtures, and they have the advantage of being live. You know, um, the CCC are updating them hourly. So, so, um, so in general, I suppose things like that maybe. They're still good to include in the paper because not everyone goes online, but um, but our readers wouldn't be as reliant on newspapers for that uh, as they used to be. Um, you still get a phone call if it wasn't in, though. Yeah, <laughs> and you still and you still get a phone call about match reports where you where you might have annoyed someone, Dan. So so they, so they do they do still read them, you know. <laughs> but it, it, generally, like. In terms of people buying papers, it's 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 a habit ultimately um, yeah, for a lot of yeah. people at this stage. And the fear is that if they don't buy it one week, um, they just get out of that routine. And I think that's right. Obviously, I don't think anybody would have closed the paper uh, ever, you know, without having 
you know, played with the idea long and hard in their mind. Um, and you would have seen a lot of papers there, I suppose, particularly in the north, that, that would have closed down, um, they will say, temporarily. Uh, I know some of them have, have returned. Um, but at the same time, if you're not on shelves, even if it is a smaller paper, even if it is of an inferior standard or not something that you're overly happy with putting out there, at least you're putting it out there and you're remaining on shelves. Because if you take it off, yeah. the likelihood of, of ever getting back to the levels you had been at or maybe even getting to a, a sustainable um, you know, point in, 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 in your existence, it, it, it you know, narrows straight away. It'll be virtually impossible um, after that. So that's, that's the thing that maybe you find a wee bit um, concerning or, or, or you, you have to question why papers would you know, suddenly pull the plug on this because they're not doing themselves any favours by doing it. But it, it, it's it's kind of reflective of society as a whole at the minute, Keeving. Like, if you were a restaurant owner um, and you weren't ordered to close, you, ch- you tried to stay open, like, you know, you, you wouldn't be doing any business and you'd be trying to pay staff, you'd be paying overheads rates, you know, you'd be buying stock, stuff, stock would be gone off. So in some cases, it's just... It's a survival me- mechanism just to close, you know, and, and some of the business, some of the papers around the country that did close, they were probably just at a point where they were, you know, only just barely making money, enough money to, to justify staying open. And when this thing happened, they just didn't want to wipe it out completely. And hopefully, hopefully as many of them as possible will, will reopen when it's over, you know. Yeah. And do you, do you think that 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 habit it, it's not. It's not overly important, then, John. Is it like? Oh no, it is. It's crucial, uh, Dan. I mean, if you if you ran a poll of how many people read the Argus or read the Dodd Independent or read the Dundalk Democrat, far more people will tell you they read it than you're actually selling newspapers. And the reason for that, I think, is and the research shows it is that people are buying it um, maybe once every two weeks and then maybe once every three weeks. So you are reaching a lot more people, but you're just not reaching them every single week. Yeah. Um, obviously online is different you will you will reach them daily um, if they if they stay interested in you so um, but no you know the habit is is is, is crucial Keevan's right about that um, getting people to buy it every week is the is the key and is that is that something you're conscious of when you're cultivating the ideas John when do you when do you try to Cultivating the ideas. Sorry, Dan. What was that? Yeah. When, when do you trash out the ideas? Is it five minutes beforehand, or have, have you a brainstorm? <laughs> sometimes it. Sometimes it probably seems like that. But uh, no, no, you would early in the week. You'd, you'd kind of decide what way you're going to go. It doesn't always work out because as Keeping says, you you could be chasing someone down, and they might not want to do it for whatever reason, or they mightn't have the time to do it. Um, you mightn't just be able to hook up with them, so you might have to change direction. But uh, but yeah, you just you, you you're, yeah, you're conscious of that all the time in, in everything you do because um, the idea is to produce a product that people will buy as often as possible. And and you are you enjoying it, John? I, in terms of the creativity and coming up with stories without that pressure, like Keevan said, where oh God, something might change here and there, and I have to rip it up or <clears throat> I have to wait for a certain point. Like your, your Sunday night deadline isn't as late night as it normally is now. Well, I hope it isn't. No, it's not. I, I I wouldn't say I'm enjoying it because there's nothing on. You know, um, those pieces, those long form pieces that Keevan's talking about, where you actually sit back and you talk to someone for a while, and they are time consuming because you have to talk to them first, then you have to then you have to type out what they said, and then you have to put bones to it and make it into a story. Um, yeah. But I would I prefer to be doing that 
when there's something to talk, something not in the past to talk about. If you get me, so I'd, yeah, I'd rather yeah. be, I'd rather be doing that talking about um, something that's current, you know. And the longer this goes on, the less less current everything is, you know. I think it's the uncertainty that makes it most difficult. Like, you know, you you, you might get tired, uh, and you do get tired after a while of, of doing these pieces. But ultimately, you know, I'd say it'd be a lot easier if you could say that, right, this is for maybe a six-week block or, like, you know, it's probably something that that you can apply to even football teams then. And, like, if you you knew when you were getting back to normality, it's probably a lot easier to stay training and and to stay keeping yourself fit as opposed to the can constantly being kicked down the road and completely nobody is aware of of when this is going to stop. So that I'd say that's it's the mental aspect of it. Well, from yeah. your own point of view, that's that's the most difficult because you're constantly turning stuff out and not knowing whenever you're going to get back to normality. Yeah. Uh, you know, and after a while, you just you know what I mean. Feel it throwing your hat out. Obviously, you don't. Um, mm. But you know, I think that's that's the most difficult thing. As consumers, even yourselves, are you getting a bit of fatigue with the nostalgia and the? The reminiscent pieces. Yeah. 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 yeah it would. It would. It not be something I'd read heavily myself anyway. So, um, it's it's look. Some some pieces are very good. Like you know, Paul Cambridge has produced some great stuff. Uh, looking back and over his, you know, but he has stuff to draw on. He, you know, he was a professional cyclist and all that. You know, and um, obviously columnists are are are, are columnists because they're good at that. Um, thinking about things like that, thinking outside the box. Joe Brawley's, you know, you know, it, whether you agree or not, it's compulsive reading at the minute. You know, um, Colin O'Rourke has nearly gone the opposite direction. He's saying, you know, let's get let's get back playing. You know, um, and but they're the only. That's all you can really talk about. You know, yeah. It's as Kevin says. It's it's if you had and fu- it's funny what he said there about um, footballers and, and training he's still playing himself so he, he's talking first hand but all the any, anyone I've spoken to has, that's exactly what they've said they said oh you know I kept it going for a while we did our individual programs and I was going out for a run most nights and all that you know and I was getting down to the pitch and doing kind of the more speed agility stuff and but then everyone just kind of seemed to hit a brick wall and say ah what's the point Where when when is this going to restart am I just training here for nothing you know um, obviously Footballers like to keep themselves in shape, but uh, but it's it's very hard when you've nothing, no tangible uh, reward at the end of it, you know. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned to the lads in previous podcasts, it was the, the Wayne and Paul McCormick one, that footballers, Paddy Clark would have always maintained that footballers need a two-week um, like target of a game. If you go longer than two weeks with, with a game, it kind of, the, 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 the mind switches off. So yeah, you're, you're probably buying on, John. Yeah, I think that's why everyone loves the semi-final replay. Well, the ones who win them do, because they only have maybe a two-week turnaround at at best to the final. So, you know, the one-week turnaround is nearly even better because you're just, as you say, you're straight back into training the next week. Everything's serious. Everything's geared towards the Sunday. But that three-week run into a final can be, you know, you don't know what to do with yourself for the first two weeks of that. And, and Kevin, you you actually came out of retirement this year and COVID struck. So yes, I, I actually thought we agreed not to speak about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it is. You know, it, excuse the language, but it is shit because like I had gone back um, 
I suppose um, I'm no different than anybody else. Like, um, I suppose we were we were going fairly well in roads. There was there was a good feeling, um, obviously that that carried in from last year, and um, there was a real freshness to it. Um, with so many of the younger players coming through, what you had five minors involved last year, and we knew we had another raft this year, um, and even you know playing all the Shield and Cup matches, like we did we did well in the one two um lost one um and you had you had you know these younger guys and Peter Lynch and James McDonald two of the um loud miners from last year had both played and um played. Was, or, yeah well they were well Peter was an under twenty this year but they, like I suppose we we were going you know well without necessarily having everybody available um on a given night. So that's maybe what we were looking forward most to when, when we had everybody together and, uh, you know, you're right, you're, you're on the crest of a wave from last year. Um, but you were looking forward to it and, and particularly that month of April where you were getting five games. Like there was, there were, you know, we had, we had, we had a game with Kelly in there um, that I know would have been spoken of and um, would have been big. It would have been big for, for both clubs. Like, um, and it generally was was something we looked forward to for myself. Like I hadn't played a league game of roach since oh, I think it was around August two thousand seventeen. So like I had I had personally had a target set of that first week in April that trying to play against the Cavins and like I I suppose I was moving in that direction. I had played in the games. I had myself in shape, and then it's a bit of a killer. Um, now I'm I'm looking. You know, it could well be this time next year before you get back into a game. So, um. That's, That's actually point. the killer, like, hasn't it? Like, I think people kind of think, oh, the journalists and that, they, they don't get it as excited. But, like, I know with myself and that, like, I always look forward, I always look forward to the league, the coverage of the league, I should say, in the local papers. You're looking yeah. to see what teams lined down and who did well and who scored well or who stepped up this year from that team, man. I enjoy it. So it, it's kind of like, would you be the same, Tom? Did you, did you miss? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I missed, the, I missed the, the actual games, like mad, like, you know, and all those league games. Like, you can't go to all the league games because they're all at the same time. But yeah, um, yeah. it's all feeding into the championship then, you know, so you get to see who's moving well, who's going well, um, you know, and it, it doesn't always translate. You know, sometimes teams take it a bit easier and early in the year. But yeah, big time, it missed the, missed, missed the matches, missed the, everything coming thick and fast, you know. And on top of that, like it's a selling point for papers. Like you could land into pubs all over the place, and there might be a paper line in the bar, and you could, have, you know, God knows how many people would read that. And we're just looking at maybe their own game, or, or um, you know, we'll say maybe who they were playing or who else played well that weekend, or who they were playing next, and looking at the team and things like that. Like that, that's that's certainly one thing that the papers, if and when maybe they stop, um, will be missed because. Regardless of whether you're a paper buyer or not, uh, that would interest anybody who's interested in low GA. If it was a paper shipment, you'd always pick it up and you'd read through and you'd look at the teams. Um, so, you know, as I say, that's that's an aspect in terms of, is it necessarily a unique selling point? Because it's in all the papers, the, the, the three paid for papers or the four paid for papers in, in the county. But at the same time, it's, it's a reason for somebody to buy a paper, which, you know, maybe there are people who just don't see the point in buying it now because maybe they're not in it. Yeah, yeah, but lads, like, I think it's a big thing. I know it's a big slagging point as well. Oh, he wants his name in the paper when he kicks the yeah. point. But they want to see their name in the paper. and They want to see 
other all the friends and other lads how they got on as well. It's a kind of a I don't know, it's like a spying report or a scout report nearly. I think it's a very traditional thing to loud though at the same time, because if you go around like you know, each of the papers in Loud cover every game, they get a report from every game, whereas that's not the case in other counties. Um it's it's not even close to the same level. They might pick a feature game, um, or literally just have a roundup of divisions and leagues, as opposed to literally having the minute details of who scored and who came on and things like that. So um, again, it, uh, I, I think it's a it's a, a frame of mind that we've put into and loud just to expect these things. Um, and again, it is tradition more than anything. You be the same, Johnny. Think it's a scouting, a scouting paper, or it's uh, a key part of it. I didn't know it was just in loud, really, that that was done. Yeah, I'll probably maybe it's something that's fallen by the wayside a bit in other other papers and counties over the years, just with resources being cut back and stuff like that. Um, we've all, I suppose there's always been a tradition in loud of the public, the PROs for each club providing you with that information, which is critical. Like you wouldn't be able to do it if they didn't. Um, so maybe that tradition has also carried on as well as the papers doing it, but the tradition of training the next PRO up to do that and make sure that they get the team and keep the scores accurately and all that because you need that too, you know. Um, yeah, scouting, yeah, well, you know, it, it connects people. It connects people from Cooley down to Newfoundwell, you know, and um, people in the Blues, it, even though they live the far end of the county, they want to know how Cooley got on or how Pat's got on. Um, maybe they're more interested in the Martins at the minute, but you know it, it connects the whole county. Yeah, it, it's nice actually. That's a nice way of putting it because you wouldn't, you, you'd never admit that, but you can go off and read it on your own and have a sly look. I know, I know, I would anyway. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that that holds the future of the of the local newspapers? Covering the those games in, in that sort of line, or do you think John you move online like the the Democrat would? Oh yeah, you will. Yeah, it's if we're to survive at all, it'll be online. Yeah, um, there will be a point. I, I don't know whether it's five or ten or fifteen years away where nobody's printing newspapers. I think that's that's kind of inevitable now, you know. Um, so yeah, they'll have to move online and. Monetizing, making money out of online, the, the, the type of money you need to sustain journalism the way it is now, that's a whole nother uh, podcast, Dan. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is, the, that's, that, that, that's the issue, you know. You think it's accelerating the likes of yourselves going online in COVID? Um, yeah, well, we do have an, e- an e-paper coming soon. Um, no, I think we, we, we were taken over by a, a a Belgian company last year um, and the, the, it's digital and online is very much their their strategy um, they've, they've kind of done it with the Irish Independent at the minute um, which is our obviously our parent company um, they've kind of moved to a a, pay, a paper paper view or a yeah paper paper read model on online um, and I suppose that's kind of inevitably going to come to us at some point too um, no, in terms of COVID nineteen speeding that up, I don't think so. We it, it, it was in the pipeline anyway, and then it will be at some point in the, I'd say in the next twelve months or so. You know, that, that was really successful actually um, with the Irish Independent. I think they got all their, their target subscriptions within like two, the yearly target within two or two or three months. 
Yeah, yeah, it, was, it went well for them. Yeah, they're, they're delighted with it. And I think they launched the, the Belfast Telegraph. They did the same. They went in the same direction with the Belfast Telegraph just last week. So, um, to be hoping mm. it continues up there too. I think though that there's there's a nasty realization going to come. Um, like obviously there there's been a lot of cutbacks in the newspaper game. Um, and online is the instantaneous element to it. You'd be surprised how much work is in that. Um, like if, if something if something breaks, we'll say you know tonight possibly that maybe uh, we'll say a manager steps away from from a high profile club in Loud. I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen, but whereas. I suppose traditionally, if that happened, maybe on a Thursday night, um, if the paper was coming out the following Tuesday, you'd have a couple of days maybe to try and get in touch with them. And, uh, you wouldn't have to, I suppose, react straight away. Whereas now, like, I'm on the phone or, or in contact with you here. Like, if we finish up at whatever time and maybe half eight tonight, there's some sort of an announcement. You're scrambling straight away to get that online. And I suppose that's, that's you're doing it so that um, your website is is seen as maybe the first place to break it and that you can maximize views as a result of that i.e get ahead of the game and, and possibly other um online rivals um but like as i say you're you're doing that outside of outside of working hours and i suppose if you are really to in order to make a website work that's ultimately what you have to do you need to be nearly on call all the time to to get these stories fired up and i suppose like it's it's something that could work if you maybe have if you had a three team sports operation where you could share around responsibility and say well maybe on a certain night um that if there's something happens you'll take care of it or you know vice versa but when you're going around like right there might be two john might have two but ultimately him and marcus are, are having to put out three four papers um i'm on my own in terms of full-time sports guy with, with 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 the democrat and we have obviously the online element as well as the paper so like it's it's very full-on and if you were to if you were to take the if you were to say that you yeah. know put it this way if you weren't maybe so committed to the job and you were just somebody who was happy to to coast by and and maybe I, I, you know we'll say at the moment where there's very little happening maybe just preside over five or six pages of sport and, and, and maybe we say take the easy way out. Um if you if you were to to apply that to online uh, and when it eventually does go there, like your product is going to be hit. There's not going to be very much we'll say going up. Um you know it's 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 just not going to work. So I'd say longer term there's gonna to have to be a happy medium where either you're gonna have enough people that's going to be able to I'd say that's what'll happen. I'd say that's where it kind of. I think at the moment it. it yeah, like, so the money in it, Daniel. Like that's the thing. Like John was talking earlier on about like, uh, how they're gonna maybe start. I know I and M have done it, but they're they're the biggest company in the country and and operating the, you know, the, the biggest the biggest selling newspaper uh, in the south of Ireland. Like and you know that's fine. They have they have the resources possibly to do it, but you're trying to break that down to, we'll say, a regional setup where. Yeah. You know, the, the the majority of the income is still on the paper, advertising-wise, and albeit we've started to to make, you know, a certain amount of money a week on the website, and, and people are starting to become more uh, receptive to advertising on the website. If you're talking about digital advertising, people would, would likely get more value for money by launching a Facebook ad 
um, or literally by promoting on their own social media channels, as opposed to putting, you know, an advert buried in the middle of a story or on or on the, the top of a of a, a website's homepage. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. So you don't see it. You don't see it turning in that like this is the traditional period where like this is in between paper actual paper in your hand something kind of like the whole to go on where you're on your own you're taking ownership of the paper online and then in a couple of years time there will be a team covering the whole of no like i can't like if they're if they're not going if if companies aren't going for example to you know in our case employ another full-time sports reporter at the moment when you have possibly two streams of revenue i.e a paper on the website when you when you confine yourself to a website alone in which figures can go up and down on a week, um, you know, and I suppose it's a lot easier, we'll say, for, for advertisers to gauge how many people are actually seeing their ad. Whereas, you know, right, if you put an ad into a paper, yeah. there's absolutely no way of gauging how many people have actually seen that. Uh, really, within reason, that there's no way of gauging how many people have seen it, how many people have actually taken the time to comprehend what they've seen and possibly then acted on the ad, whether it be a product they go and buy as a result of something they go and visit. Whereas if you're if you're um, somebody who we say advertises on a website, you'll be able to get figures everything from possibly click through from that website from from that ad on a yeah. website to your own, whether it be Facebook page or social media platform or, or website in itself, or even to maybe a to to in terms of purchasing a possible product. You know, your figures might come back and you could be somewhat underwhelmed and then you'll say, well, I'm not going to go back there again. I, I think it, it, the advertising, the online advertising um, perspective is very volatile. And for that reason, I don't think, if anything, I'd say newsrooms are going to be cut even further because of it. Right. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it will break that gap. And uh, like with the the like the small sample size, I know it's a it's a large company, like you said, I and M. But the fact that they've been so successful, and then the, the Irish Times have followed that model as well, and then the Sunday Times, and it just shows people will pay for journalism online. I'd say in the regional aspects, I'd say it will come because the likes of all those young twenty year olds, thirty year olds, they will eventually turn and buy their content online because you, I know you get stuff on Twitter and that but you won't get everything online or a Mac report online from like, uh, reliable source do you agree John? yeah I think I think I've kind of it's 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 a bit of both I think yeah. I think at some point that there will be a, a kind of a tilt towards if you if you're not prepared to pay for local news and local local stories match reports whatever it be um, you won't get it um, because people will find that just putting stuff up online and relying on advertising won't sustain, you know, a wage or it, it, maybe as Keevan says, you won't have enough people doing it to make it decent enough for people to want to want to pay for it. So they'll have to find uh, for it to survive for local local news to survive. I think they'll have to get to the point where um, enough people are paying for it to sustain something like what it is now. Unfortunately, I think a lot of um, companies, and I think it is a very unfortunate element, people might have a view, and I'm not saying that's the way I and M have it, or, or 
indeed the, the company iconic newspapers are owned the Democrat, but there's there's this idea that you might you, you know right both of our companies have hubs where maybe if you want a nice page designed up um you'll send it off to them and they have specialized people within that hub who will 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 obviously be able to do that and have the expertise and the, and the facilities to do that that does away with the need for uh, layout and design people in the actual office so a lot of like myself and john will be laying out newspapers yeah, uh, I, as well yeah. as having to write the stuff but i think long term you could see that right you see it there with um maybe just you call them news providers content providers more than anything i think that's what there's a danger of the industry becoming where literally you have people all sitting in an office just literally firing up stories um, and, and will, will people try and apply that to a local element that could well be the case for maybe you have a hub uh, maybe a northeast hub where you have somebody maybe sitting five or six people maybe sitting in an office in in navin and possibly turning out stories as they pick up maybe off social media literally turning out stories about Cooley and Castle Blaney and I don't know uh, Trim and places like this you literally have five or six people covering a vast area while sitting in an office so you're not actually getting out and getting to the heart of it you're not getting your your nice features with people because you know all people really care about is getting stuff and getting or certainly people moguls if you like all they really care about is getting making money as cheaply as possible um, again, maybe I'm, I'm straying off course wildly there, but I just fear for maybe the quality um, of local reporting into the future. Um, and the idea of having somebody that we talked earlier on about, about covering the games, um, covering the, the games locally and, and contacting the PROs and compiling reports and things like that. Into the future, will, will companies, will, I suppose, media platforms see the value in that if, if if it's only really going online where it's very difficult to make money um, it could well be a case where you have regional outlets covering the area on a far less minute scale um, that, that is the only sustainable project I don't know, maybe I'm pessimist um, but you just seem to get these vibes Yeah, I don't know I, I, well, I, I'd be up, more optimistic in, in terms of It'll just. I think it'll just transition to the online. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I think. I think it will. I think like people will still pay for good for good journalism. They'll want to read about the game that happened the weekend. Um, do you find that putting a lot of your stuff up online um, affects the actual newspaper sales? No, it, it very very limited um i think they are different audiences people who are buying the paper right a, a, a portion of them it could be a high percentage it could be a low percentage it's difficult to again fully analyze that are, are probably digitally literate and maybe see the stuff popping up online but i'd say the percentage of people who decide that right the stuff is online they're not buying the paper is is, is minimal because you know every year regardless and every paper is the same you're you're losing a percentage of your readership, and I from from I think iconic are have maybe gone down this route of, of putting all their stuff online, and um, a couple of years at it at this stage, and it doesn't seem to have, say, um, made the 
the decline in, in sales any more rapid, we say. Um, if anything, it's, it's, it's brought, you know, would it, be, it might be wrong to say it brought it back to life, but it's, it's brought the Democrat back to front and centre. Um, you know, people are, again, probably a lot more um, in, in touch with the product than they once were, uh, certainly when, when, when it wasn't the case and, and sales were, were declining. As, as I say, they, they've declined everywhere. Like I remember Joe Carroll talking about one time, um, and this is years ago when, when he was in the Democrat, uh, 17,500 copies being printed. Like the day of that happening is 40 years ago. So, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely has um, gone down and, and maybe it, it, it lost its relevance or its strength. Um, but this has certainly helped that people are, um, you know, that they're able to identify with it more. Um, I suppose the benefit we have in terms of a, a sporting context is right, putting up the, the traditional match reports and people will say that, you know, that's not something that... Um, people really want anymore and they want this instantaneous stuff like we're in a in, in a beneficial place in that we're the only place locally that are maybe putting out a thousand or twelve hundred word match report on on loud match on a sunday and maybe you have it up by the sunday evening yeah and you look at the the views on that like that could get you know it depends if loud win or not if it's a bad result it it's you know you might necessarily get as high reads but it's always four-figure readership. It's all in terms of yeah. in terms of yeah. views anyway. Like if Loud win, and I remember last year when the one below in Wexford, um, or, or even in Offaly, the, the night, the, the day that the, the that incredible win in Offaly with the young goal in the last minute. I remember putting up that report, and you're talking about four, five, six thousand views, um, literally because yeah. there was nowhere else providing us. Yeah, so that that gives me that gives me great hope. Um, and uh, like, would would you feel that, John? Do you feel you could? Would you like to maybe? Would you have any ideas on how to like change it up? I know I was talking about match reports earlier, kind of no one reads them, but obviously people do read them. But would you would you throw a different slant on it maybe going forward if it does does go all online? No, well, look, look, you'd have to just see what what people want. I mean, that's that's one thing about online, uh, online as Kevin says that. You get data. You get to see what people want to read. Um, but I think the key point you made earlier was, Dan. You said I, I think good journalism will, and and that's that's it. It's good journalism will will hopefully carry the day. And if it doesn't, I just don't see those. If if you don't have the resort, the money coming in to to provide that good journalism, it it they won't survive. So that that's the key. That's how you. I think you keep going with the good journalism, and whether you have to adapt that for what people want as you go along i mean that that that's been the way f- since since forever like you know newspapers have changed as the as as the years have gone on to what the readers want or what they perceive the, the readers want um and if that's what you have to do in the future but the key the key behind it all will be good journalism and and you know not just not just looking for clicks or not just looking for sensational stuff you know yeah, yeah, I think I think that's kind of that's kind of going. Well, spe- speaking of good journalism, um, Kevin, who came up with the Gales Tales idea? Yeah, that was actually me. Um, I remember sitting in the office, and it was actually it was when the, one of the loud league games was called off. It must have been the weekend of the cough game. I remember sitting in the office on the Monday or the Tuesday, and it, it came across my mind um, about doing 
something where people would pick um, maybe their best live team. And I suppose straight away, and I remember saying it to David, my editor, uh, the name actually came to me straight away, Gail's Tales. And I remember sitting down um, and writing up the questions. Um, not that I was... Uh, I know I left limited space that week because uh, I didn't think I actually got Morris Murphy from, or Morris Harrison from the clans to do it the first week, um, and I was expecting you know short snappy replies. I wasn't expecting it to, to take up very much room. But Morris the first week was incredibly comprehensive in, in what he put together. And I suppose actually just before, before you go on a little bit more, in case people aren't reading it, it's it's a thing on the Doc Democrat website where you ask a, a, a person from their club. To a, a, a list of questions, and they, they, then they're there to name their own club fifteen and the loud fifteen. So uh, and yeah, so you asked Morris straight away, and it's got a great reaction, has it? Yeah, the, the, I was actually I was actually totaling it up the other day. Like, not one of them uh, online has got less than a four-figure viewership, um, and I was doing the average. Obviously, Buddy Boyle's escapades with with Cooley. Um, Obviously, it's by far and away, um, it got, uh, I don't know, six or seven thousand views. Um, like overall, I think the average, when you work it out, what have we done, maybe 14 or 15, you're talking in and around 3,000, 3,200 is the average read. It's, it seems to have caught the imagination. And to be honest with you, right, it, it's good when, when somebody comes up with, with something funny or starts cracking jokes or slagging or whatever in between it. But it's the teams. And the matter, like yeah. I don't think, I don't think it will ever run a course in the sense of people getting overly bored with it. If you can get people that possibly are well known out of a club, um, right, that that's something that that right. If you know somebody, you'll automatically click in. But you know the loud team, somebody picking their loud teams, um, that's something that I think everybody's going to click in on. Um, just it's opinion. Is it? It's debate. Yeah. It's. Um, I know with, with yourselves, John, the, the Seamus O'Hanlon pieces, uh, he, he picked his team. Um, yeah, that's a great interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, have you got yeah. much feedback from that, from yeah. Seamus? Yeah, didn't, like, I, was, I was just in a shop the other day and talking to a lad, I won't name names, but uh, he said he got a call from another guy uh, because he got an honourable mention, but the other guy got in the team and, <laughs> you know, they were just ringing each other and slagging about it, you know, so... Um, yeah, I think I, I think you're right, Dan. I think it does. It generates debate, and it's like, you know, the good thing about that Gales Tales that Kevin's doing is that loud team, you know, it, like it could vary. Like you could have one team that with with no, obviously Paddy Keenan's probably on all of them, but yeah, you could have, you, depending on your era, you know, if if you are if you are brought up in the, if you are kind of brought up in football in the 50s, 60s, you might you're going to have a very different team to to a guy who's uh, who's only really watched football from, you know. The nineties on, you know, so uh, that that's what's good about that too, you know. And even even in a different sense, I know right the uh, I had Paul McGee doing it for Roach there um, this week, and I know there was WhatsApp groups full of stuff, um, you know, the inclusion of some guys, with the slagging that was going on, there was all sorts of stuff being photoshopped um, from from old newspapers with headlines, you know, taking the the piss out of the person's inclusion or. Um, yeah, yeah. Shot. you know it's stuff like that it's it's great in fairness uh, and I, like I, it's not a, it's not a case of you know me trying to drum it up because it was ourselves to come up with it it's just um it, it's 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 an example of 
maybe getting creative. Even I know John's doing uh, other thing. I, I think he had Richie Ford in this week talking about um, you know their his GA essentially, and he's had a couple of people this last couple of weeks. Like they're stuff that I think are attractive for people to read. I'm not saying that their you know people's attention span are necessarily short, but if you open a paper and you see something as short and snappy like that, you know, first of all, I say you'll read it ahead of the long form yeah. interview, and also you you likely finish up with a thought in your mind, whether it be yeah, I agree with that person, he got his team back to front. That was a funny story. You'll 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 feel it, you know. You'll finish reading it uh, in a happier frame of mind. We'll say than 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 possibly you started. Um, and and you know it's it's um, it's probably the first thing people read. Uh, it, it, I think it's 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 instant, like you say, but it, it, there's honesty in it. Like, and I think like people say about fake news and everything. If something is honest, I think people really get attracted to that because they can like you, you can slate a lad all you want or you can agree with that all you want, but once they're being honest, you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but um, speaking of honesty, what did you think of John Horan's um, kind of honesty on the Sunday game, John, in terms of shutting the well, he came out and said like that you can't see football going ahead for for the end of the year unless there's a vaccine or these the social distancing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's, I, I think he's probably just been realistic. Um, there's 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 lots of issues around it, um, particularly um, intercounty because you know what? How do you how do you make it paid? Like ultimately, intercounty is about making the GAA money so that they can filter it back down to clubs so that you can you can you can coach under eight under underage teams and, and, and upwards, you know. Um but I like the idea that, you know, give a bit back to the clubs, let the clubs come back first and if there's time at the end, um play the intercounty. Um but in both co- in both kind of whether it's intercounty or or club, um there's there's loads of issues down. I mean you've got like, you know, do you you talk about well, like so you play for three weeks and then all of a sudden someone from Maddock Rangers just to say gets 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 the coronavirus and Maddock Rangers basically can't train or play for for two weeks after that and that's where it starts to get complicated you know and is it fair to be asking lads to 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 come up against like you know a, a cornerback who marks you <laughs> very very tight during a game and you know then you're going home to whatever your setup is. Um, you know, you might have a child with asthma or you could have um, an elderly parent, you know, you, with, 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 with heart disease, you know. So you're asking players to kind of go out on a limb, really. And I'm not sure that all of them will be willing to do that. Now, obviously, look, there's always going to be players who are out for various reasons. Some go abroad, some are injured. Um, but is it fair that, they, that, that they're excluded because they don't want to bring or potentially bring coronavirus or COVID-19 back into their household. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I kind of, I kind of liked about John Horan's leadership. I said it, I call him, uh, Corrigan had me on LMFM to talk about it. And I felt that Horan was right to take it out of club's hands. Like if you have a lad, like who wants to play and then a lad who doesn't want to play and it's left up to him, that like, that's an, that could split a club. So in terms of Horan saying we'll take ownership of it, I think it was good leadership. Although everyone is dying to play, though. 
Do you agree, yeah. David? Uh, to be, you know what? I, maybe it's just my own opinion. I, I don't have very much time for, for John Horn. Uh, I don't think he's done what, what has been needed to be done in generally um, for the organisation. It's just continually faster towards, um, you know, it's ultimately a, a moneymaker more than anything else at the moment. And I think that's... Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't deny that. I wouldn't deny that. I would, I would, like, I'm not... I wouldn't. No, but I think I think I think that's that's a very that's something very relevant to say, Daniel. Because if you look, we'll say at the LGFA at the moment and the decisive action that they took in cancelling the leagues, like they were at roughly the same phase of the program as as the, the GA was. They took the call because they said if anything's going to be played, and like everybody knows that winning the league title, right? It might be good at the time, but ultimately your championship performance. You know, regardless of how people view leagues or what they say now, but what's more important, your championship performance is ultimately how you reflect on the year. Um, you know, like right. again, right? Maybe that's only my own outlook. But the LGFA at least took the sides of action and said, if there's going to be any football, um, we're going to try and fit in the championship. Whereas the GA are still, you know, talking over, you know, how we're we going to get this played and the idea of maybe finishing the league early next year and. Um, maybe if the championship doesn't get underway playing the 2020 All-Ireland in 2021, like that just sort of stuff is nonsense. Like, surely, this, if you're going to say, um, why not just declare the league null and void? Why not just tell people what they're going to do as opposed to trying to say, well, this could happen or that could happen and weeks going by, we're, we're still none the wiser. I understand that nobody knows how long this is going to go on for when we're going to get back. But just make the call. The only thing that's holding them back ultimately is money. And that's not what the organisation was designed to be for. It was designed to be for games. And I think the LGFA, and maybe it's idyllic, maybe the GA has just moved on. There's so much money tied up in it. But from my own point of view, like it's designed for games. It's designed, you know, to, to allow people to play football. And yet it seems to be, you know, um, players are more commodities um, and, and vehicles of making money as opposed to actually you know, the GA being responsible for what it should be, which is facilitating games and allowing them to play. And I know the whole thing has taken a very um, a surge towards professionalism. And I think this is, um, this just typifies it uh, in that, you know, right, you yeah, can understand with the way the Premier League's talking at the moment because there's so much money involved and they're all professionals and it's a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a working landscape. But the GA is not like that, yet the attitude still seems to be um, going the same way. Um, the other thing is about about getting back to playing football. Originally, when when this Corona, when when COVID nineteen the outbreak began, they were talking about twelve to eighteen months, possibly away being away from from getting a vaccine. Now, if you look at if you look at how long it normally takes to to generate vaccines, you're talking possibly five years. Yeah. So this thing isn't just it's not a case of them coming up with with some sort of you know, jab and sticking it into everybody in 12 months' time and this thing going away. This is a way of life. You're, we're going to have to get used to it. And it's hard, or, or, used to it, the right word, develop a lifestyle, a routine around, um, you know, just basically living with, with, with coronavirus and trying to get back to normal as much as possible. And, like, it's surely not going to be a case of for the next five years that we're not going to have any sport or any football. So the, we're going to have to, you know, what's the difference? And again, I could be totally wrong. What's the difference in, in possibly resuming football in September and possibly 
not resume until September 2021. Because the, the, the situation could well be the same. The likelihood is you're not going to have a, a virus that's going to eradicate this once and for all. Like, if you look at this in, in societal terms, like, are, are uh, people who are cocooning, are people that are over 70 years of age, going to literally sit at home waiting to die for the next five years? Do you know what I mean? So uh, it, we're going to have to come up with a way of trying to return to normality uh, as much as as much as is possible because it isn't something that's just going to disappear um, John do you want to come in there no or I just think I, I, really you're just to get it's, it's you're against the clock everything Keevan said is right there you know you like we are going to have to change we are going to have to adapt and find a way to do things um, but I think what we're trying to do at the minute is get the cases down to a point where you know there are new, no new let's say there are no new cases in loud for a period of a month well then, let's yeah. let's start playing ball again and just keep an eye on it. And then if the cases come back up again, you might have to re- revisit it. But I think what we're doing at the minute, we're just trying to get the cases down to a point where you can do it. So, and 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 that's going up against then not having enough time left in the year to complete the season. So, so you're just trying to find a balance between those two things. And I don't think there's any way. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what, what at what point it will be safe to go back and play, and whether there will be enough time to play, you know, a club league, a club championship. But, an inter-county league, an inter-county championship. You know, the, the one thing I'd be I'd be glad that they did was say, look, when we do come back, we're going to come back with club, and if there's time at the end for for inter-county. Um, but I think you're just against the clock. You just you know you just have to wait and see if you can get the cases down enough to, to resume safely. At yeah, the same time, though, we're we talking about possibly a winter outbreak, or another possible when 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 people maybe go back to work if the schools return in September, um, and people are coming into you know, closer contact again, this could spike once more. So that could... Yeah, yeah. And you might, you, you might have to stop it. You might have to stop again. But like, you know, at some point, you've got, as you say, Kevin, you're, you know, we're going to have to get back to some kind of normality and, and get started again. And, you know, if, the, if, if there comes a spike then, you know, the, the spike could be in Kerry or it could be in Dundalk. Um, if there's a spike in Kerry, you know, then we might be able to keep playing ball here for a while. Um, yeah. hoping, hoping that it's contained in that area but if the spike's here you know you might have to stop again but like you, you just have to at some point and you're the one that made the point Kevin, yeah, at some point you have to just go back oh, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it is at the point where where, where, the, where the cases are down to a point where you can contain it and you know um, just going back now when you're asking other people to go into work and stay two metres apart for the day and then asking GA players to go and get up close and personal on a GA pitch, that's just, you know, that's that's the problem. But if you get to a point where you've no new cases for three or four weeks, well, then there's no one left to pass it on in, at, at a football match, you hope. And then and then hopefully you can play on, you know. Uh, but I, just get, just go back to Horan point. I'd probably, I, 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 I get your point in terms of money keeping, but a lot of that, like, it does go back to the grassroots. And like when you look at Loud and they're trying to build a stadium, that's that's potentially going to be put on ice due to the lack of funds. Well, I, I, well, I well, so far, sorry, Dan, sorry, Dan, so far, Loud are down about 160 grand from what they would normally get yes. um, yeah. at this point in the year from, from the GA. So it does show you that that money does filter down to counties. Obviously, Dublin get a better share of it than us, but uh, but it does filter down. But are we not are we not getting at a greater point here that the, the levels at which the GA have allowed? The, the professionalism element, the guess, has has it's become a money pit. Like if you were, if, if the whole thing, and again, maybe I'm I'm fighting a losing battle here. If the whole thing was toned down, uh, and and it 
I think the only way to do that is literally to say to players, to coaches, to everything, the expense is this rate, this is what you're getting. If if you would normally, if going by, by your routine, it would be three or four times that, right, do whatever you like, but this is the, oh, this is, there's basically a cap. Is it an expenditure cap on the amount of money that can be paid back expenses-wise? It might seem ruthless, but you'd soon find that people would either continue with the training levels or they literally say, listen, we can't afford to be doing this. It's not reasonable that you're expecting us to do this. And then you might find that guys might, you know, they might take a step back from it. And then surely that frees up plenty of money that could go around. Yeah, I don't, a futile well, argument. I don't you know. could say that you could say that at club level as well, but then all managers might be getting underhand payments. Like, it, I think people will try and force, and then, then you're looking at not. Yeah, well, the underhand payments would have to come from sponsors. It wouldn't be coming from a central pool as it is at the moment. And ultimately, yeah. that central pool is what you're trying to to guard against and to make sure that all your coaches are paid with that money, as opposed to it all going players because players have to train six times a week as opposed to something functional at you know maybe three yeah oh i don't i, I still i still think players will put, find it find it and that, and that penny could be dropping down you see there paddy tally coming out saying that you know players now it, 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 and again this come up in a different interview that i did this week people might be saying that you know right they might be looking at their time economy and saying you know what now that I had this extra time, this entire break might make people reassess. It, it might yeah, I do. I do think there might be. A, there's just. I definitely agree with you. There's a certain element of people resetting and basically looking at their goals and looking at looking at sport in general as what what am I doing here? Why am I spending so much time with this? But then, I think I think it was there was it was showing the Spanish flu for for instance, in 1918. Everyone kind of came back round to their old way of thinking in a matter of months. You know, I, I, I know the sport will possibly be changed forever, but once there's a lower and more manageable uh, like number that we call to carry or loud, I still think it will go back to what it was beforehand. And in terms of the GA with John Horan doing that, I think he took leadership on the stress of the local community and he showed that the GA really is in the community. I know you're talking about the money, but it does show that the communities drive the GA and maybe they've reminded themselves of that as well. Well, maybe I'm being overly critical, but it's all talk so far as far as I'm concerned. There's been nothing actually put in place. Um, he's, he's talking a good game. He's keeping everybody happy without anything dramatic or beneficial having actually been enacted. We just have to see as the year goes on like there could be pressure. The idea, like it's, it's very noble to say that they'll give the clubs a two-month head start. Will that actually materialise? I think we will have to wait to see how good of a leader John Horn has been. Well, well, I think I don't think I, I personally feel I would have mentioned on a couple of podcasts. I don't think there will be any football this year. I think I, met, I said that to you, John, didn't I? Way back. Yeah, yeah, you could be right, and you and you could be one hundred percent right. You know, there might not be and. It's just again, you can't. You just have to wait and see. I know, Kevin, you'd like to see them come out and say something, but what are they saying? You know, they say, "Oh, the national leagues are gone." I think we kind of know they are. Um, yeah, but we say, just right, say we'll, it. we'll just come say back it. with it. We'll come back. We'll come back. We'll we'll. But why? Like, we'll come back with a knockout championship in October, or we'll come back with, you know, it's all pie in the sky to me at the minute. You know, you well, just, just saying. You're, you're saying it for the sake of saying it, really. 
Well, I think you're just as well confirming that the leagues are either, you know, coming or they're going and just getting it over with. Like, I don't know why why you wouldn't say it if you've come to the decision. Well, you might have to, you, you know, you might you might have to cancel the championship at the end of the year, but you might be able to play two league games. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate a wee bit. But, you know, to make a decision now on something that they've no, no control over it doesn't really make sense either, you know. The, the mute button is very handy here. I can mute Keeley now. now it's, it's not like the real... Yeah, well, I kind of block him out <laughs> sitting beside him. And speaking of those two... <laughs> better men than you have tried to silence me, Daniel. Yeah, you, you snuck into many a press box this past, this, this past few months. Um, well, compared, speaking of the last two league games, John... I'll get on to you. I have a questions here for you, and I'll put it to you. It's just out of my notebook here. It's uh, it's the winners and losers of, of the COVID. So, you, well, I'm, well, I'm going to start with the most obvious one. I don't think the league will be played, and it looks like we'll, we'll, pro- we'll probably stay in Division 3 as a county. So, Wayne's, that's a winner for Wayne, and lads. Keevy? Yeah. Agree with that, yeah? Yeah, not yeah. Obviously, not all the way through the divisions. I mean, Cork and Down probably in pole position. Uh, they're the losers, and Leitrim and Tip will be breathing a sigh of relief as well. Um, I think it goes it goes all through the divisions. I suppose you, you feel most sorry for the Division Four teams because uh, you know when you're down in Division Four, it takes you. We we were kind of the exception. We we dropped down there, but there's a few teams in Division Four been there a long time, you know. So. Uh, so you would feel particularly sorry for whichever two teams were going to come up from there. I think me, they're coming out smelling the roses, considering they were yeah. the only one relegated. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get another I think we're loud, loud. We're pretty much with them too. We're maybe not no. mathematically, but it was. No, no, yeah. Amazing. Mm. Uh, I don't want to get into that. I think it took me an hour one night to work out the complications and the the score. <laughs> Score differential and yeah. um, and other other possible scenarios. What about locally? Say winners and losers. Uh, it depends when it restarts. I mean, uh, any club who only appointed a manager at the start of the year probably are at a bit of a disadvantage compared to the likes of um, you know clubs who who have a good manager in two or three years. Um, the Blues probably the exception to that because kind of their management team stayed, albeit without Smiley. Um, You'd you'd have to fancy the Blues and um, you know the Martins who they played in the last the last couple of finals appointed a new manager. So Fergal Real would have been trying to wet his feet with the Martins and find out what what they're about and maybe maybe try and change a few things to get them over the line this year. And all of that was kind of stopped before he even got a league game played. So I think definitely that the the, the Buns at a big disadvantage would or a big big advantage would be the teams who who have a um, a stable management team behind them and, and kind of just moving on from, from last year and if you look at the dreadnoughts they had Colin Kelly in um, so kind of definitely advantage Blues I think if we if we get back Yeah and I, I, would, I would have a couple of other winners there the likes of Roach say there'll be there's a, they're a young team no, I know you're I know you're probably going to laugh even. we have the likes of Roach there that they're young they're a young side a lot of potential and by the time maybe they'll play to be a lot more mature. But you see, we were like we were actually feeling good. Like I'm not saying 
like obviously your target would have been to retain your league and championship status. But you know, it was a it was a good feeling. We played well in the Sheelan Cup. Um, you know, the, the likes of Barry O'Hare was flying, Dan O'Connell were flying, um, you know, and even the younger guys coming in. Like we, you know, there's a, there's a stoppage there. Um, you know, guys have obviously continued to train on their own, and um, I suppose there's that aptitude around the place. But when you were ready to go, I would say we're sort of a loser because we were in a we were in good shape, ready to go. Um, but obviously, I I, I I take your point. I'd say there's there's you know bigger losers in the sense of maybe aging teams. Um, yeah, you know, the yeah. O'Connell's and that. Yeah. You just have yeah. you just have to wonder um, about the O'Connell's how they're going to come back. Um, there are other teams. Um, you know, we say that, that that would have older elements, whether it be JP and the Martins or guys like that. Are they going to retain those? Um, you know, they might have said one last crack. You know, who knows now? Um, it's incredibly difficult to predict. Um, but I think even if, if you know, you're always going to have to favour the Blues in terms of being senior championship because, you know, I don't think you can, you know, really see anybody that are at their level at the moment. And then you, you, you have teams as well. I can't really think. I, I tried to think all day of teams that had an injury, a big injury. Um. Marcus, like, like this could be beneficial for for Casey in terms of you know complete recovery and obviously training himself. He could come back, uh, you know, absolutely on top of the ground. Um, he's did well. We're, I think we're one minute and eight. We're an hour and eight minutes into the into the podcast. But yeah, it was the first mention of the Marcus. So, so people <laughs> out there, if you if you had bets on, if you went over the hour, you did well. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, huh? You know, you you still have a grace because of the, that day in RD. Yeah, of course you do. That that was a, that was a sore point. Talking about talking about an agent team. What about Maddock? Are all them veterans gonna come back? That's this is it. Like you'd like to be self and then a couple of others. But we no, we're probably um, fortunate. We have a good bunch of young players coming through, and they they maybe like to be six months older when they, when they maybe at the leagues. If the league stay, we'll, if there's no relegation and all those players are in those key ages, at, like they'll be 20, 21, 22, 23, playing Division 1 football, whereas they might have got maybe experience in lower levels. Like I think, like the likes of Roach and um, there's another young team, the Joes, Joes are a big winner. The likes of those, te- those players to be able to work on their game. Uh, I know a lot of teams are doing sending out programs to lads and getting their like plyometrics and not working on actual stamina but just stuff that you can clear up injuries and work on your power while you're in the off season and the likes of the Joes with those good miners coming in Ardy Ardy as well yeah yeah but, uh, but, but you'd wonder on the other hand we say about a Hunterstown um, who seemed to have a nice blend last year but you're talking about um, we'd say a couple of guys there you know even Mark Brennan um who, who I remember he played fairly well against the clans last year in in the drawing game in Dowdles Hill. Um, you know, will 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 he be available again? Um, and there are probably others, whether it be Paul Carey and uh, Paddy Mathis and a few of them guys in, in Hunterstown. Where's it going to set them? Because as I said, they would have been a team that you would have been looking at possibly could have gone very close this year. It mightn't have any influence. 
you know, they still might all stay on. Um, but you never know. There could be teams there. Could be teams there that could just completely bolt out of out of this. Like, like see the plunkets there could just come out of nowhere now. The media on the back of it. Um, and then in junior as well, you don't know what way it might affect the Piercy and uh, Tor. You know, well, the Dunleer as well. Like they were incredibly unlucky last year. Glide in that sense as well. Like Glide, um, probably would have fancied a good goal this year. That did Alan Kirk in for one. Uh, I think Alton Larney was in as well. Um, but again, you would have regarded them as an aging team in a lot of positions, and guys might have given it one last crack. But if you're talking now. You know, it could be it could be eighteen months or fourteen months before they're back, maybe playing in a junior final. Um, will that be that appealing to players who are, you know, that much closer to maybe forty years of age? Yeah, or might or might just bring the hunger even more. They could give it one last hurrah. Possibly. Yeah. And yeah, with with the, with the Bundesliga, <clears throat> um, I don't know. You might be able to answer me. I know the games that have been played behind closed doors. Would the likes of ourselves be allowed in to cover the games? Yeah, that's it. So, so would you be in favour? Yeah, I think there was media allowed in. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I don't think there's, I don't think there's much issue there. As journalists, I suppose you can social distance, you can stay apart, and kind of, you know, they're they've stopped Except the mixed zones after games and stuff like that. You know, except in Jada, yeah. We can take up the whole stand and draw that. Yeah, well. I, I'm 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 calling dibs on a bench. You can go on the roof. <laughs> do, do you think? Do, would you be in favour of playing behind closed doors? Myself. Yeah. Like would I you, don't. Would, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be something that I don't think would would have that much of an impact. Really, uh, might have an impact on the dubs, um, but it, you know, nowhere near on the same level. We'll say as you know. Um, Clubs, professional clubs, Bundesliga clubs, uh, even clubs in League of Ireland clubs, even um, where you know they, they get their revenue from from gates um, in order to pay players. So I'd say it's something that could work more in the GEA. Uh, whether players would be up for it, I think that's already been something that possibly could have been written off. Um, but it, I'd say in an amateur sport where players aren't being paid and you're not exactly completely reliant on the on the gate revenue, um, it's something that could work. What do you think, John? Could, would, could it work? Yeah, yeah. maybe if they could get the TV companies to kind of park their existing deals and come up with a to bid, you know, get Sky and RT to bid for a kind of a televise every game package kind of thing and play them maybe at four or five or six grounds around the country that, that they can easily get in and out to televise. Um, maybe it'd be possible and maybe you could rescue a bit of money out of the season as well, you know? Yeah, uh, Wayne, Wayne mentioned, he said, like, he, he would... If there was no football or playing behind closed doors, he would play like you'd play behind closed doors without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, just yeah. nearly. If people could still, if if people could still see it on TV, I suppose that's the, that's the key, you know. And um, just kind of nearly finishing up. Would would, uh, would in terms of uh, finishing up the season? Would you have any creative ways of playing off the club season? Or would you just go with the the format we have, the three? Yeah, no. Group? Well, I think I think the way it is, Daniel, it's September you're talking about, so it's going to be a knockout championship. That's what was was said at the meeting a couple of weeks ago. Sean McLean made that clear that if you were to get back in in July um, or August, you could you could persist with the format that's there. But if it's September, 
Um, now, obviously, they're still talking about trying to play leagues uh, from September on, as well as playing the championship, but the championship would be knockout. Um, so I suppose if you go with a knockout championship, the, the most straightforward way to do it would be um, the, the elected, you know, there'll hardly be a back door in it because that extends it out further. So if you've eight, if you've 12 teams in the championship, you've eight teams in a first round and four teams into a quarterfinal on a, on a bye. Um, so then you've, you've four winners that goes into the quarterfinal with the, the four bye winners and you play away there and that's it. You could have a championship run off in the space of a month. So um, mm. that's, that, that seems a very simple and straightforward way to do it. Um, it it'll probably involve having to do a draw again, um, but uh, I wouldn't say that's the most complicated thing to do. No, no. What do you think, John? Would that would you would that diminish or would you better off not playing a championship at all? I know, sure. It's only it's you know at the minute you're only getting you've only got two two chances to to get out of the group. So now in this you'll just you'll just have one chance. I think you. You play away. There'd be no point in having the championship if you don't have promotion and relegation. So you'd have to have, it, you'd have to be sure that you're going to get the best possible um, championship played. As in whatever system you come up with, you're going to end up with maybe four teams going for relegation, and that would work. What well, Keeving's idea would still work with that because the four losers in in, in the yeah, would play each other um, in some way. Well, it would be six losers, wouldn't it? In the end, I suppose. But you'd, you'd have that. You'd have to have promotion and relegation for it to matter. The league, I think you could play as a prep for that, um, and not worry about promotion and relegation in the league. Um, you could you could even split the league in A and B maybe, and and only have five yeah. games each, and then have top four kind of the top two in each section playing each other. It's just, again, Dan, it all it's all it's all about time. When when will you be back? And at, at that point, you know, then you can kind of say, well, yeah, this is what we'll go with at that point, you know. Well, lads, thanks very much. Uh, really enjoyed that. It's always good to feel uh, or to chat to you with you. Uh, I know we're not at close quarters like we usually are in Drogheda, but uh, no, I, I I come away from these chats feeling much better anyway. So thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, Dan. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, boys. That, that's great. Great stuff. There you go told you it was it was fair going it was uh told you it was getting heated um boys know their stuff john's been top of the game for a long time and keeping's making his name in the game as well um but thanks for thanks lads thanks for thanks for, your, for their time and uh, there's still actually there's a lot more i could have went into and i had a I'd be notebook beside me and there's a lot more to discover and go deeper on and so i think i'll have them on again because we could tease out a few other things as well and maybe send in your, send in your suggestions as well maybe for the next time dan at loudandproud.com and uh, yeah no, I enjoyed that it was lengthy but it had to be lengthy because there was a lot to cover and we did dip into it and a deep dive into it and maybe you could get your thoughts in the local papers now as well because I know for one having working with them and and that and reading yourself in the paper is great it does have an effect on us so let us know your your feelings on the local paper and that and what way you think it might go as well and um, give an indication of how they're surviving so yeah there's load in there lots in there so thanks again to the lads and um, follow me on all uh, social media channels and I'll chat to you next Sunday um, where I'll have Wednesday night Wednesday night's webinar that'll be up next Sunday if you haven't signed up to it yet, it's to chat with John Helson, 
Brian Gartland from Dundalk FC and the one and only Paddy Keenan. Um, that's Wednesday night. If you haven't signed up, do please do so. It's on the LGA website. I'll have the link on the podcast leave here. You can go in and find it. Um, should be entertaining. Nice way to spend your Wednesday night as well. I know it's very uh, it's on Microsoft Teams and that's so it's a good it's a good place to to listen and see the lads and uh, you can ask questions at the end as well. So, but um, that's it. That's all. Um, thanks very much for listening. Another Sunday down. Um, a lot more positive outlook, um, especially with the weather and phase one has gone well this week. Uh, I'm kind of coming around a little more positive, maybe having talked to the lads that there might be football at the end of the year. There might just be a knockout championship and how, how, how cool would that be? That could be back to old school, um, do or die. But um, yeah, so... That's it. Yeah, reminder Wednesday night, get signed up for that webinar and uh, mind yourself. And if you can, mind someone else as well. Talk to you again next Sunday night. Face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't wanna know.